Welcome to Journey to Inner Wisdom. I'm Crystal Cotto Sullivan, wisdomologist and host of this podcast. I like to say this in each of my podcasts, as I'm so I was so excited to find this in the Urban Dictionary, the definition of wisdomology, a new science that takes the insights that ordinary people have about life and studies them. So as a wisdomologist, I interview ordinary people and learn about their insights that they have discovered on their journey. My goal is to provide a space where you can uncover your insights and wisdom, your hidden treasure, your magic really, that you have experienced and recognized in your life. On this journey, it's time to wake up, to become more aware of the world around us and how we are interacting with our life experiences. When we are awake and when we are paying attention, not only to the world around us and in us, but to the details, like how we use language and how language shapes our belief system. Last time I spoke about how our perception is based on our underlying belief system that we've created over our lifetime to date. We each have our own unique perception of the world. It's like wearing tinted glasses that are, are tinted with our perception and that's how we see the world. Our perspective is from the color of those glasses. When we look closely at something, it's tinted with that subjective perception. So how we interpret our experiences depends on the perception that we have of the world around us. In other words, our belief system. So it becomes important to look at how we use words, one aspect of our belief system, and how they impact our experiences, how they may limit our uh, how we are living out our purpose. And so to take words apart and to understand how we use them and why we use them is the focus for today. And today we will be exploring an interesting word, force. And to have this conversation with me today, I would like to welcome Kimberly Banfield. Hi, Crystal. Thank you for having me again. I'm so excited to talk about force with you. <laughs> That's great, Kimberly. I love having you on the show. Um, let me tell uh, our listeners a little bit about you. Um, some of you will recognize Kimberly from being a guest before. And Kimberly is a psychologist and founder of Psychology. She is an intuition and soul purpose mentor, teacher, and speaker. She guides entrepreneurs, explorers, and everyday women to find clarity, confidence, and courage to listen to their intuition, heal past experiences, and find and fulfill their soul's purpose. What she loves most is helping women to make their life a moment that matters. So let's let's talk about this word force, which is such an interesting word because originally it has come from physics and it was mm -hmm. it's really about, well, what the physics definition is, is that it's an external agent capable of changing a body state of rest or motion. And then there's more physics stuff. But I think that what we're talking about is that force can also be an internal agent, which is capable of changing our state of rest or motion. And you have some very interesting insights into this word. Tell us how you came to really kind of take this word and, and uh, work with it. Well, and I've always had an interesting relationship with the word force and I feel like in the in the coaching industry which is a, a large part of I guess the industry that that my work sits in it's had a like a negative connotation associated with it for the last few years where 
you know, don't force yourself to do anything. And if you have to force yourself, then it's not right for you, or it's not aligned for you, or it's not for you. And, and I found myself sitting there one day, and there was a there was a post that came up from someone in the coaching space. And they said, if you have to force yourself to want something, or force yourself to do something, do, do you actually want it? Do you actually want to do it? Is it really your dream or your desire if you have to force it? And their perception of it was, well, no, because like if something's aligned for you, there's no force involved. And it really got me thinking because I don't actually believe that that's the case. Hmm. And that's because we are such deeply conditioned human beings. And I love what you said before about how the color of our perspective, the color of, of the glasses that we perceive and, and view the world through really changes the way in which we experience things. And, and force is one of those things because when we are moving towards something that we want, when we are working towards a dream or a desire, how we move towards that is affected by our social conditioning our family conditioning, all different types of, of conditioning, and even you know the DNA that we carry from generations before. It all okay. affects how we move towards that dream or that desire. And we, because we are so deeply conditioned, it basically programs how we're going to move throughout the world. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's not always the way that we want to move throughout the world right. towards our dream and our desire. And so there's a, there's a a type of force that I feel exists where we all, where we have to, in a sense, or we need to force ourselves to, to move towards that dream or our desire, because it really is our dream or our desire. And we, we need this forcefulness to help us to move through the old programming, the old conditioning, the old ways of doing things, the old habits that no longer serve us, that are actually trying to prevent us from reaching this dream or this desire because it the, the programming wants to keep us safe, right? The programming wants to keep us mm-hmm. in this state where we are okay. Yeah. Except that it's not necessarily okay for us anymore because we have this dream or this desire that is more okay for us. And we want to move towards that. But our conditioning says that's not safe. You might be judged this might happen, that might happen. Remember the last time that you did this, it didn't work out and you fell on your face and people laughed at you or whatever it is that people did, or, you know, you felt shame or guilt or, or whatever. So you probably shouldn't move towards this dream or desire again, because it's not safe, but your intuition is like, no, like this dream and this desire, like this is the way forward for you. And so there's this forcefulness that needs to occur to help you to move from the programming that you're stuck in to where you're going. And it's interesting um, to, to prepare for our conversation. I was looking at all the different ways that we use the word force. And I Mm -hmm. think what we've done is we've kind of narrowed it to a definition that doesn't work because force can, we also use it in terms of, um, uh, a large group of people, a force of energy, or uh, yes. a person of influence, a person of force, a force of nature, um, uh, yes. something to be reckoned with. But the one that I liked the most was if you do something out of force of habit, 
You do mm-hmm. it without thinking because you have done it so many times before. So it's um, it's like we have these two ways of looking at force and force can get us stuck. Yes. And so, yes. so, so then I, I looked at, uh, because force is also about inertia. So if I'm going to use mm-hmm. force to move a rock, the rock is inert, I have to move it. If I'm going to use force to stop the rock, because inertia is either about stopping or moving something or stopping mm-hmm. something in motion, mm-hmm. then um, then it makes it starts to make sense that we have to use force if I'm stuck yep. in a spot or if I'm stuck on a trajectory and I don't know yes. how to get off of it. Yes, like it's it's the trajectory that you don't want to be on any longer. And it's often again like associated with your with your conditioning, with the way that you were raised and the things that you were told was, you know, this is how life is. This is how life gets mapped out for you. And and an example of that I would use from my personal life is is when when I had to force myself to leave corporate because mm-hmm. you know, my my conditioning, my upbringing, everything had taught me that you go to high school, you get good, you get good marks, you go to university, you get good marks, then you get a good job, and then you climb the corporate ladder, and that's life. Mm-hmm. And yet, I, I did all of that. I followed that that I would say like social inertia, that familial inertia, and I fulfilled those requirements. And then I, I when I got there, when I was thirty. And I had the six-figure salary and, you know, the the corporate career trajectory being laid out for me. I was miserable. Mm -hmm. My mental health was so bad and I was exhausted 24-7. I was wearing all of these different masks to to pretend that I was somewhere that I wanted to be. Um, I very much felt like I was sitting in somebody else's seat and taking their role. And I had this this inertia that was moving in a direction that I didn't want it to go. Yeah. And I was moving in a direction that I didn't want to go, becoming a person that I didn't want to be. And I lost all sight of myself. Mm-hmm. And so I, I had to like force myself to stop mm-hmm. and force myself to listen to my intuition, even though my mind was saying to me, this isn't safe. People are going to judge you if you follow your intuition and you move and start teaching about intuition because that's all woo-woo and all mm-hmm. of these you know, things that are associated with that. Uh, I told myself stories like my family wouldn't approve. I'd never make enough money. There was so much fear and doubt. And like I, I was such a good girl and a people pleaser. So the, mm-hmm. the fear of, and I guess the guilt and the shame that came with desiring to live my life differently differently and fulfill a dream of supporting women in the intuition and the soul space and it went so wildly against anything I'd seen Mm -hmm. um, growing up but yet this it was like a train wreck it was like watching myself and my life on a train track that was going to end up in a train wreck yeah and truthfully that's pretty much where it almost did end up at the point when I resigned I very much felt like internally I felt like a train wreck um Mm -hmm. but I had to force myself to stop and it took everything within me to force myself to stop and in some respects it would have been it people talk about oh it's just easier to stay and it's it's not easier to stay because you're forcing yourself to stay stuck you're forcing yourself to live a life that's not yours you're forcing yourself to be someone that you're not and that takes up 
even more time and effort and energy than it does to force yourself to stop it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in, in doing that, I then had to work really closely with myself to override that social conditioning and to support myself through all of my fears about letting my family down and not making enough money and so on. I had to force myself to move away from who I was told to be and into who I actually came here to be. So this forcefulness, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be here in Canada for one, uh, if I hadn't have done that, but there's so many things that wouldn't have happened in my life since then. Had I forced myself to stay stuck in that corporate space, stuck in who I thought I should have been instead of who I am and forced myself to be someone that, that I'm not. So force exists on, on both sides. It's just, it's, it's the quality of the force that, that you want to be tapping into or tuning into and connecting with the, the, the tie, the quality of the force that you want to be utilizing consciously in your life. Right. And I think that, that, consciously is is the critical word because often when we're we're stuck or we're doing something that um really we're not it's not part of our purpose um Mm -hmm. then I, i mean it sucks the energy and um we're just we're just not paying i guess we're not paying attention like we're not conscious of what it's doing to us until sometimes we get sick, we get stressed out, we burn out, all of those things happen. And as you say, our mental health is affected as well. And so I think that it's just, it's really critical to think about that idea that sometimes we have to force ourselves. So this is a silly example, but for me, it's about exercise. Oh, that's a great example. Because I know how important yep. exercise is. I mm-hmm. like I have to force myself to get out of bed and grab my mm-hmm. swimsuit and go to Aquafit. I have to mm-hmm. now. When I go, I feel great. I love it, and it's so great. And then I have to build the habit because you know it yeah. takes me a lot of days to force myself out of bed. And then I break the habit, and I'm and the mo- the movement is different. But I don't see that as a bad thing because my desire is to be healthy. And if I, if I don't force myself out of bed to do the exercise, I'm not going to be healthy. No. Yeah. Now, so you also talked about um, the idea that there are different kinds of forces, like there's a different, um, like what, like a, a, a different way of thinking about force when we mm-hmm. move out of either stuck or stuck in in no motion or when we are in motion and yep. being able to and i think it goes back to that you know listening to well if you have to force yourself to do it it mustn't be part of your desire i mean i just said you know the exercise that's part of my desire but i have to right. force myself <laughs> Yeah, because your subconscious program, your subconscious programming says, 
um, you know, but it's warm here in bed. And why would you want to get out and go? Then you'll be you'll be cold. And you know, maybe today is not a good body image day. So like you in a bathing suit, what? Like there's so many different stories that our subconscious yeah. programming comes up with to try and in a way like number one, keep you safe, but also thwart you in some respects from getting your dream or your desire. And it's almost like this this playoff that you have with yourself, this game of well, who's going to win today? Right. <laughs> <laughs> is it going to be, is the subconscious programming going to win or is the dream and the desire that I have like, you know, this, this, what I would call the soul conscious programming going to win yes. um, instead? You know, so it's this game between subconscious programming and soul conscious programming of, you know, that the aquafit is good for you. You know, you feel better when you do it. You know, you love being in the water and all of those things. And yet sometimes the subconscious programming is like, but do you really, are you sure? And then you almost have to demonstrate that to yourself. And then this is where, like, I guess the, the first type of force of the two that I want to share today comes into play, which is the, the fuck it, I'm doing it anyway, kind mm -hmm. of force, which you know, if you're not a fan of that type of F word, the, the proper name for this that I have is faith force, which is that you have the faith in yourself or the faith that you have that you can do this, the faith that you have that this path is for you, whether it's the pathway to Aquafit or the pathway to a different dream or desire in, in business, in relationships, in, in life, it doesn't matter. It's not a It's not a quantifiable thing in terms of the direction that you're wanting to move towards. It's that you have the faith that you can do it. You have the faith that it's the path for you. And you you trust that your intuition is telling you to go to Aquafit. You trust that, you know, your intuition is telling you that leaving corporate or changing jobs is for you, that going somewhere that you wouldn't ordinarily go is for you. And you don't know why it's for you. You don't know all of the answers. And that's okay. Part of faith force is accepting that you're not going to know until you know. You will know. It just may not be, you, you may not know in advance, you might not know for 10 years, but you will know. And that's part of the faith force as well. It's And it's having the faith that you can override the subconscious programming. You can override the social conditioning. You can override the voices in, in your head that tell you that you can't do something or have something or it's not for you. And that could be an echo of a, of a teacher or a parent or somebody else who was an authority figure to you when you were younger that you have the faith in yourself that you can override that and replace that with something that is more aligned for you and that you're going to create a new program within yourself, a soul conscious program instead, and that you're going to be okay and it's going to be okay. And even in the moments where it looks like it's all going to fall apart, like, I don't know, you find that your favorite bathing suit isn't available to you today. So you have to wear a different one and that's a spanner in the works. Or, you know, you think that the time it takes to fulfill a goal or a desire is two years, but actually you get to the two year mark and it's going to take another two years. Like you, when it looks like it's not going to happen, you still have the faith in your intuition and in yourself and in the way in which you're being guided on this journey that it's going to happen. You're going to get to Aquafit. You're going to reach your dream, your desire. You're going to get the things that 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 you want and that you need. So it's this kind of force that also solidifies and emphasis on the soul part of solidifies. Mm -hmm. It solidifies how worthy you know you are of having and wanting this dream. 
whether it's the dream to get to Aquafit today or the dream to change jobs or, you know, whatever it is, like I said before, it doesn't actually matter what it is. But you you know you're worthy of having it so much that you will support yourself to want it. You will support yourself to have it instead of just dismissing it and letting the old programming win or forcing yourself to stay in a position that's actually no longer for you. Right, right. Interesting, I the a memory comes up for me of um, I was, uh, it was when I was working in Toronto and I was working on a, a PhD in higher education and because that was the thing to do, you know, all my yeah. colleagues were getting the PhD and that we had a cohort and we were all going to class together and it was, it's kind of like, you know, you're just all moving in that same direction. And mm-hmm. um, I, I know it was in um, 2010 because my grandson was born. Mm. and um you know I I was there for his birth I went up and within a couple of weeks I thought okay wait a minute why am I spending all my time in a classroom studying things that yeah they're okay but they're not just you know Mm. like they're just not as exciting as my grandson (laughs) yep and 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 I I dropped the program but I had been doing it for a couple of years. And um, yeah, that was that was a, a big shift because my mm-hmm. programming, my unconscious programming was, this is this is the next step. You need to do this, et cetera, et cetera. And it was like, wait a minute. There, there are more important things for me to be doing. And so at yeah. and, and some level, it was um, an instantaneous decision but I did have to force myself to make it. Yes. It wasn't an easy decision on some level no. because I was so conditioned that, yeah, this is what I need to do. And often when you've been in a program for a couple of years, there's that part of you that's like, oh, well, I've, I've invested a couple of years into this. I should just finish it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yet that we don't always we don't always start things to finish them i think that's something that we forget too we don't always start right. things to finish them that's right we start things because there is actually a different journey that we're meant to take but we needed to start it in order to then realize what the next step or stage is and it's not always completing the degree or you know staying in the job or the relationship or you know whatever it might be sometimes it's yeah you needed to do that up until that point that's right so some of it is is trusting and having the faith that you received everything that you needed to from that phd program up until that point and it served you well up until that point and then for you to stay would have meant a disservice to you because you would have been forcing yourself and resenting it because Mm -hmm. you would have been thinking but i could be with with my grandson Mm -hmm. i could be with my family not only for the time you're at school but the time that you then spend outside of school writing your PhD, researching your PhD, rewriting sections of PhDs and and whatnot, because it is a very arduous process. That's right. That's right. right. So, so it's interesting because force is, force sometimes keeps us in a place where we don't want to be because of our conditioning. And then we need to force ourselves out of it so that we become more conscious of okay what what is my purpose here 
And was that serving my purpose and forcing ourselves so that we become more aware of um, what is our purpose and, and what do I need to be doing? Yeah. yeah. And I like your yeah. word solidify because then we can solidify, well, why, why am I here? And we can define that more clearly when we are conscious, but yes. both, both have to do with force. Yes. Yeah. And one, yeah, both one have is, to do with force. Yeah. And I think the, you know, forcing myself to, to stay in a situation that was not necessarily my life's work, um, mm -hmm is the unconscious but then taking the step out is the faith uh yes form. it's like okay i'm going to trust that this and it was it was absolutely the right decision for me to to drop yeah. out of the program and to spend more time with my my grandson <laughs> and, and then i took cooking classes instead which were so <laughs> amazing i love that <laughs> They were so much more fun than the PhD, I'll tell you. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this is the thing, like, like both of those involve force, but it's the type of force and the energy behind the force that really matters. And for some people, you know, their intuition will say, you know, oh, I've, I've got a grandchild and that's great. And I've still got to complete this program. Right. Exactly. You know, so it's, and that's, it's about respecting that. The journey will look different for everyone. For some people, it will be, you know, they they might leave a corporate job, have their own business, and then feel called to go back into the corporate space. And that's okay too. It's not, you know, neither Crystal nor I is saying that your journey needs to reflect ours and that, you know, staying in corporate is bad or staying in PhD is bad. Like that's that's not the point here. The point is following your your force of life, your force of nature that exists within you, that soul force that is pulling you and guiding you in directions that perhaps you thought up here mentally or logically yeah. that you wouldn't go down or that don't make sense or or whatever when actually there's a bigger there's a bigger type of sense that's going on here that you you can't see all of it yet it does, may not make sense to you yet but it will that's and right. that's that part of that faith force um, as well yeah. Yeah. And that, that's so key that everyone's journey is different. And, yep. and in order to really embrace our individual journey, it's about being yeah. conscious and aware and yes. understanding our belief system and how it trips us up. And reclaiming <laughs> if, if we're tripped up by our belief system to create that new belief system, and, and yeah. which is really about these conversations, like about force. It's like, how, how do we perceive that word? And, and I love talking about words like this because so often they just slip out of our mouth and we're not really mm -hmm. paying attention to what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the other type of force that you talk about? So the other type of force is what I call flow force. And this one is perfect for situations where you are forcing yourself to do something in a way that you've always done them, right? And, and the, the prime example that I use here in this space, and, and I, I still have days now where I struggle with this one, mm -hmm. um, and, it, and it's because it comes from schooling. Like we have been forced mm -hmm. uh, to do things in this particular way the majority of our lives and that's 
fitting working at my desk. Right. Right. Like, like ever since school days, we've been taught that all work happens at a desk, even in uh, a lot of jobs out there as well. All work is done at a desk. You need to be sitting here typing or writing, but it needs to be at a desk. Mm -hmm. And yet I find as an entrepreneur and, and I would say too, you know, as a woman who has, who's going through multiple different cycles at the same time, you know, like the 24 hour hormone cycle, the menstrual cycle, the moon cycle and and whatnot, um, the seasonal cycles, working at a desk doesn't always work for me. But the conditioning is so deep where it's like, but you have to sit at your desk. You have to sit at your desk and work. You have to sit at your desk and do your homework. Like you, nothing, no work happens outside of a desk. Mm-hmm. And yet what I know for myself now these days is that actually that's not true. Some of my best work comes when I'm out on a walk, when I get up to get some food, when I get up and get a drink of water, when I talk to a friend for a while, when I give myself a break and I mm-hmm. read a book or whatever. Yeah. But it's, and so flow force is about forcing yourself to get into your own state of flow. Mm. And that's not, because you can force yourself to sit at a desk. Yes. But you then find yourself creatively blocked yeah. for the next five hours, five days, five months, because your creativity doesn't come from the desk your conditioning comes from the desk yes the desk is conditioning you and you can force yourself to stay in that conditioning if you want to or you can force yourself to move into your own state of flow which means you're going to have to use faith force to push through to move through the subconscious programming of but don't get up from your desk because the teacher will yell at you or don't get up from your desk at home because then your parents won't think that you're doing your homework and they're going to yell at you. Even if there's nobody in the room, it's the voice that tells you that you're going to get in trouble or the voice that echoes and and parrots the voices of parents and teachers and whatnot that tells you, oh, this is bad, don't get up. Mm-hmm. When really your intuition says, go for that walk, get some fresh air, get some food, fuel your brain, fuel your body, go to yoga. Go to Aquafit maybe as well. Yeah. But we try and force ourselves to sit at a desk between the hours of 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. or longer um, so that we can say that we did it how we were supposed to do it to get things done. But yet often we don't we don't get anything done because it's uh, being at a desk all the time is not actually our own personal state of flow. Mm. I'm up and down from my desk all day now. Yep. And it took time for me to accept that I'm, I can still be a good student of myself and of life and of my work, of my intuition when I'm not at my desk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And often I am a much better student when I am not at my desk. Absolutely. Then I can return to my desk or sometimes it's about being flexible with where your desk is. Sometimes my desk is on the couch. couch. Sometimes my desk mm-hmm. is at a cafe. Sometimes it's at a friend's house. Sometimes there is no desk. Because I'm out walking and, you know, there's, there's this proverbial metaphorical desk in my head yeah. that I'm working at while I'm contemplating something or I'm allowing information to be downloaded and come through. But yeah. it's this, it's 
forcing yourself to move into your own state of flow so that you can honor your energy levels, honor the way in which the information and the creativity wants to come to you and through you. Because mm-hmm. for the most part, it doesn't come when you force yourself to sit in a desk right. because you're then you're then trying to control how the information is going to come to you and through you, which you can't, you can't actually do. Like good, good luck. Mm-hmm. and it can be a very frustrating experience because you can force yourself to stay stuck and sit at your desk say for the next five hours and then get fed up with yourself and frustrated and go fine I'll go for a walk and the minute you get up and go for a walk and you get outside the freedom that occurs and the information that comes in the creativity that flows you're like why didn't I do that sooner That's right. why did I force myself to sit at my desk for five hours That's right. when I didn't like I could have got up and this could have happened like five hours ago. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it is about not judging yourself in this space, treating it as a learning experience. And then the next time that that shows up for you, you go, okay, this is my example of that flow force where I've got to force myself to move into my flow because my energy, my intuition, my body is being called elsewhere because that's actually where the creativity is, is existing for me yeah. right now. But can you allow yourself to overcome that subconscious programming of all work has to take place at a desk? Yeah. Because it, it, it does not. That's right. So, so a couple of things come to mind for me. One is um, right now, businesses, educational institutions, they're all calling people back to the desk to the yes. office and it's really interesting ah. the resistance yes because working at home you can have more of a flow in terms of yes your energy and uh at, and you're right if you're not sitting at your desk where are you I, I was just watching a program last night mm-hmm. and you know the guy came on where is sergeant so-and-so why aren't they at their desk you know it's like well she's out doing yep. job. Um, so I yep. think it's really interesting um, because everyone has a different cycle. Everyone has a different flow of energy. I know for me, um, I kind of move between four or five places. The de- yep. My desk is usually where I, I get the ideas down on paper, but I uh-huh. go to my art studio and I create. And sometimes I'm there like for a day. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not there for days, but then I might go and do some quilting. I'll do some sewing. And again, it could be brief. It could be just going down and kind of rearranging things. And then suddenly it's like, no, I'm going to go back and do this. Uh, cooking for me is like me too. a great place just to, you know, get my mind mm-hmm. rolling and, uh, and the garden. So don't, and then, yes. so I, so I'm able to move between those spaces. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Eh? But I think it's really important to trust your, your, your physical self in terms of, okay, where, where do I need to be right now? And trust where your body wants to be, yeah. because then your mind will follow your mind will be creative. And all your other parts of you, your intuition, everything else will be, yeah. but just to, to let that flow. But I think it's so interesting because there's so much being um, talked about, written about in terms of people resisting going back and then 
you know, the, the manager saying you must come in and it's like, oh, well, yeah. What's that going to do to creativity? Because I know some companies found that they were much more productive when people were working. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And then the other thing that happened was I, a friend of mine, when he started to work at home, he had a difficult time because he was glued to his desk. Mm. And so his idea was, okay, I have to be at my desk. I have to be in meetings. And he wouldn't allow himself even a break. Whereas at the office, you go walk down the hall, you talk to somebody. So, so that's the other part of working at home is, you know, oh my God, I have to be at my desk all the time. In fact, I know that some companies had something on their computer so they knew whether people were sitting at their desk, which totally, it stifles the creativity. It stifles the flow of work. Yeah, and it stifles the trust component as well. Absolutely. Where you feel like your big brother is watching all the time. Absolutely. And that's kind of like subconscious programming is sort of like big brother um, in a way too because the subconscious programming is always watching you. Yeah. And But it also, it, it takes away from the trust that you have in yourself too that you're going to get it all done. That's right. That you can get it all done. It just doesn't always look like being at a desk. It doesn't always look like sitting down in front of a device of some kind um, to be doing work. And sometimes it might just be, you know, a, a walk around the block and then you feel refreshed and you come back to your desk and then the information is there ready and available for you for whatever it is that you're working on. But it's important to then not get caught up in this idea of, oh, well, I should have just stayed at my desk because you know, the the information would have come through eventually. And and maybe, but you would, you would still be forcing yourself to stay in a, in a position that you don't want to be in right now. doesn't mean you don't want to be in it forever, but you don't want to be in it right now because your body needs to move. It needs, it needs something. Yeah. And it's, it's, because it's so intelligent and that it knows when we need to move, when we need to eat, when we need to drink, when we need to do all of these things, it's like we've, we've got to give up control over that intelligence and instead intuitively move with that, knowing and trusting that this is, the part, this is part of the process of getting the work done. This is actually part of the work. And sometimes it's the most important work. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we end up in a place we feel like we're a shell of a person because we're not actually honoring our own states of flow. That's right. And, and we're pro this is probably getting us into a whole other topic, but you know, the, the shift um, from being head focused or mind focused to body yes. focused, I think is yeah. really important here that for centuries, it's been the mind has been mm -hmm. number one and we've not trusted our body and we're shifting now into yeah. trusting our bodies more because our body was the first thing to exist and then we came into our body and i think yes. trusting the um the intuition of our body that tells us okay yeah get out of bed go to off of it instead of analyzing with my head so in some ways yes. i think i think they're related because um you know that conditioning is in our mind Yes. And our body is saying something else. So it's that 
needing to yeah. wear of those two levels of communication that are going on in our body, those two levels of awareness, I want to say, that are going on in our body. Yes. And our, our bodies are very much a force of nature. You know, it's mm -hmm. our bodies that are connected to the seasons and the cycles and, and the energy and so on. It's our body that is like a receptor and a receiver of that, not our minds. That's right. You know, it's it's our body that is the force of nature. And so, you know, to, to reiterate one of the points you said at the very start of this conversation. And so again, like it's it's allowing ourselves to move with nature instead of against it. Yes. Because they're they're two very different types of force. Like they're opposing forces that butt heads then instead of when you're following the force of nature, everything will get done. Yes. But yeah. it will get done in in divine timing and sometimes that means it will get done more quickly sometimes it means it might get done a little more slowly but it's us that defines what that means whether that's a good thing or a bad thing when really it's 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 just a thing it just is it just that's right it just is yeah the way it is. yeah 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 cool okay so is there anything else that we want to say about force today i guess the one thing that i will reiterate is you know by by not allowing yourself to move in either the direction of your dreams or your desires no matter how big or small they are or by not allowing yourself to move in tandem with your flow you're forcing yourself to stay stuck yeah. and so to be start to become aware of the quality of force that exists in this space for you are you utilizing force to keep yourself in a space, in a pattern, in a type of conditioning or programming that no longer works for you? Or are you allowing yourself to force yourself to use faith force or, or flow force to move into a space that is now for you? And, and, in, and instead, using where you are now as a jumping off point to force yourself mm -hmm. forward. Mm -hmm. Because that's what's going to start becoming aware of that is what's going to start to really shift the needle for you and have you more connected to yourself, but also more connected to what you're here to do, who you're here to become, and so on. Great, great, great summary. Thanks, Kimberly. That's it's Thanks, been Kristen. very helpful and interesting. And I hope some people will take time to really consider how they use words in general, but also specifically force and uh, to really um, take some time to, to think about that and their own belief system about the word and just to become more aware of that. And thank you to all my listeners. You can find Kimberly's contact information on um, the podcast page. Um, I highly recommend working with her if you're serious about soul work and living your heart's desires. Uh, you. you can check out my website for more resources on your journey to inner wisdom. And I hope you will join me again in two weeks as I continue to explore your journey, my journey, our journeys to inner wisdom.